have our four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In terms of when we hear those Gospels on a Sunday, we have a lectionary that's on a three-year cycle. And how the lectionary is arranged is that one year we'll hear from Matthew, then the next year Mark, and then the next year Luke. And then the Gospel of John we hear around Christmas time and Easter and, and Lent and special times. We're in the year of Mark. However, Mark is shorter than Matthew and Luke. So with Mark, well, we kind of run out of gospel, all right? So what they do with the year that's with Mark, we take a little break from Mark, and this Sunday and every Sunday through August 22nd, we're going to be hearing from the Gospel of John, chapter 6. That's called the Bread of Life Discourse, when Jesus speaks about himself as the Bread of Life. So today we're hearing the first part of it, but I do encourage you sometime in the next week or two, get your Bible out, read John chapter 6. That will help you understand the gospel for the next several weeks. But today it's about the multiplication of the loaves and fish, and that's in every gospel. But John's got some special points that he brings up. And the things he brings up, I think, can help us to understand what we do when we gather here at Mass. So I'd just like to go through a few of them with you. The first thing in this passage says, Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee. A large crowd followed him. There were a lot of people attracted to Jesus, maybe because of his miracles or his preaching or whatever, but they, he attracted them. There was something about him. And one way of thinking of that is, as human beings, we can have all kinds of things, but there's a hunger inside of us that all those things and activities and whatever can't really fill. We hunger for belonging and purpose and um, identity. And those things, we find them ultimately in God. And that's God our creator. So this, this sense of a large crowd, it can represent all of humanity's hungering for the one who created them, whether they're aware of it or not. Now, some of us have figured it out and figured out, gee, it really helps if we come together to worship. There's, there's something that makes a difference in our lives in doing so. And I think there's a passage, it's in Eucharistic prayer number three, and we'll be using that today. And I just want to share with you some of those words. that you'll be hearing in a few minutes. It says, You never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. This beautiful sense that, you know, we may have thinking that you're the one who got here today. God's the one, okay? And, and we're gathered together here. God gathers us together, and it says it does from the Rising of the sun to its setting. The old translation was from east to west, the sense of people gathering all over in the name of God. I was thinking about that image of the rising of the sun. Uh, many of you are aware I was gone last weekend. 
Why? I was in Maine, all right? And Maine is the state that's furthest to the east in the United States. And one of the things people like to do in Maine is there's an Acadia National Park, and on, in that national park, Cadillac Mountain. And people say that if you watch the sunrise from Cadillac, the top of Cadillac Mountain, that's the first sunrise in the U.S. In fact, it's become so popular that you have to get a reservation. So I was too late on getting the reservation. Now, the fact that the sun rose out there at 5 a.m., which means you've got to be there at 4.15, and then you first got to get up the mountain, I didn't feel too bad about it. But, <laughs> but I, I did get a reservation for a little later that morning, and I had a chance to talk to the park ranger, and, and it had been pretty foggy, and I thought, well, there must, all those people got up early to watch the sunrise, and there probably wasn't even one because of all the fog. He said, oh, no that the sun took a little later, but then you could see it above the clouds. The clouds were below us, and he said it was just beautiful, and he showed me pictures on his phone. So that's that sense of, of the sunrise. You know, out east, people gathered there. Um, has anybody been watching the Olympics? Okay. It's, uh, where is it held this year? Japan. What's another name for Japan. Land of the Rising Sun, yes, because the way the international dateline falls, it's said that Japan is the first, if you want to see the very first sunrise in the world, you go to Japan, okay? So there's just this sense, and if you think about the Olympics, it's people gathered from all over the world, athletes gathered together to compete, and um, whether we ever get to go to Japan or whether we ever get to Get to Cadillac Mountain. Has anybody seen like the sunset? Maybe on Lake Michigan. We're pretty famous for those, aren't we, right here? Uh, but it's just this sense of it's all given to us, a gift from God, and all these different places uh, around our country and around the world. People gather together to give praise and glory to God from the rising of the sun to its setting. It says, Jesus went up the mountain. Now, mountain, that's got a special significance in Scripture. The mountain represented where God and humanity encountered each other. You think about Moses going up Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments from God. Or you think about Jesus when he went up the mountain of Mount Tabor. For um, with James, Peter, and John and the uh, transfiguration. And so the mountain is the meeting of God and humanity. It is the place of encounter. And every time we come to Mass, you could think of it as going up the mountain. And we've got a little bit of sense of that. If any of you have to head up the ramp, our, our Independence Village, we got a little bit of a mountain coming into church? Yes. It's, uh, if anybody, if it's hard to go up that way, it's a little bit easier this entrance, okay? It's not quite as much of a slope, all right? But I, I hope when you come into church that you have a sense of going up the mountain, coming to a place where we get to encounter God. God desires to encounter us in the Mass. And then... It says that Jesus 
when he up, went up the mountain, there he sat down with his disciples. He sat down with his disciples. Sitting down was the posture of the teacher in the ancient world, with his students sitting at his feet. And so that's the image that we have in this reading today of Jesus gathering the people together and teaching them, teaching them about God's love for them, teaching them about how we're called to love God and love others. At the Mass, too, it's meant to be a place of learning that God wants to teach us. God teaches us in these words from Scripture that we hear. Uh, God teaches us through the prayers that are often based on Scripture. Hopefully, in the words that I say, they, I hope that I teach more than I detract, okay? So maybe something even in the homily. But, but this place where God, you know, every time you come to Mass, see if there's one thing that God wants you to take with you on your way out, something to learn. The Jewish feast of Passover was near. Now, this Jewish feast of Passover, this is their primary feast. This is something that's celebrated every year. It recalls the foundational event for the people of Israel was when they had been in Egypt, in the land of slavery, and God delivered them from Egypt through the Passover. They, they left Egypt, the land of slavery. They passed through the Red Sea and into the Promised Land. And on the night before they left Egypt, they had the meal of the lamb uh, that gave its life, and it was a, uh, a lamb of sacrifice. Well, as Christians, uh, we gather together at the Supper of the Lamb that God, Jesus, the Lamb of God, gave himself for us. He died for us on the cross, and we celebrate his resurrection. He, he rose on the third day, on Sunday. That's why we gather on Sunday. It's the Lord's Day, the day of the resurrection. And so we, too, participate in a sacred meal. It's foundational for our faith. And then we have the whole piece about all these people to feed and how much do they have to feed them? Five loaves and two fish. Doesn't sound like very much, does it? But Jesus takes what they have. He gives thanks to God for it. He blesses it. And then he shares it. He gives it out. And somehow there's more than enough. And I think in that we see what happens every time we gather at the Eucharist that we have our offering, we, we bring up the bread and wine. Now, since COVID, we've been just having it done right here, but I hope we can resume that soon again because I think that's a very powerful image. When the bread and wine are brought forward, it's our chance to place whatever's been going on in our life, to place that on that plate of bread and with that cup of wine uh, this past week, and as you look forward to this next week, any worries or concerns or hopes or joys, we join it to the offering of Jesus on the altar. We make Jesus offering ours too. And then in the Eucharistic prayer, you'll hear the, the, the prayers of the presider. It describes what happens at Mass. We take uh, the bread. We give thanks for it. We ask God's blessing upon it, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and then it's shared with all, coming forward to communion. And then the last point I'll mention in this gospel, and there's so much there, but it says, when they had had their fill, okay, 
They, in other words, they, they were satisfied. They received enough from what the Lord received. There's so many things that we, we you know, well, we just had Sam Loeb's funeral yesterday. And if you know Sam, his daughters have this bakery, and they had all these cookies. And somehow some of those cookies ended up at the rectory. And I like, I mean, they're sweet, so you like them. But, I mean, quite honestly, they're great cookies, but don't eat just cookies, all right? It's not good for you. And we, all these things that we seek and that we, we sometimes thirst for, but ultimately kind of leave us a bit hungry and lacking, it's in Jesus, the bread of life, in his word and in the Eucharist. That's what we're ultimately fulfilled. That's what points us to ultimate fulfillment at the supper of the Lamb in heaven, the heavenly banquet feast that we get a glimpse of here on earth. So today, I encourage you to read chapter 6 of the Gospel of John and just allow this, these times, the meals that you share, if you happen to get up and watch the sunrise or see the sunset, help that to form us as a community of faith here at the Mass.